Joining us now, the legendary Chris Atterbury. Hi, Chris. Hey, sorry about that. Right off the bat, I got to tell you, I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you, shocked. I was beside myself. Were you beside yourself? I was here and then I was there. I was listening uh, last, what was it, yesterday? No, yesterday? Well, anyway, uh, Paul Molitor sounds good. Yeah, yeah, Molly. It's funny because his voice, I I never expect that the voice on the radio, it just doesn't sound like the voice when you talk to him. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, he's brilliant. He's just such a brilliant baseball dude that... um, he had me in stitches when when Tori was like, oh, a double, and then another double, and he replaced him with second base, and he goes, yeah, we call those Eddie Murphys. <laughs> I was like, Eddie Murphys. All right, I can just imagine him and Robin Young sitting around. Hey, Eddie Murphys, Eddie Murphys. Yes. Um, I think it? Paul's a delight. Um, I, I have never had a conversation with a man where I didn't learn something and come away from it knowing something I didn't know before or had even thought of. So I love it. He's going to join me in September. Uh, I'm going to be in Texas. Corey's off and Danny's off and, and Paul's going to join me in Texas. And, you know, he and I did a series last year uh, together and we kind of fought to make that happen. And I'm, I'm pumped about September and yeah, I, I think he's, he's just a, a treasure. Well, and, and of course everybody in Minnesota loves Paul Molitor, but when he was the manager, he didn't talk a lot I and mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the guy that you would say like Danny, Danny, you, you, you know, you hear him and you just know that he's a talker, but he gets on the air and he starts doing the game. And you're like, wow, this guy's really good. Yeah. And it's tough. I know a concern for him has always been when we asked him to come in the booth um, was that he never wants to step on the toes of the current manager, right? Like he doesn't want a second guess Rocco or right. sound like, like he's like, well, that's situation, I would do this or I saw that and they didn't do it. Like, because he's really cognizant of being a manager and having people do that. And so, so he was very, he wanted to make sure everything was cool with everybody. And I think he almost would pull, I not say pulls punches, but he didn't want to ever be critical of anything, knowing how hard the job is and not wanting to sound like, Oh, you took my job and now I'm going to criticize you. Right. And so he's, because he's, he's super conscientious like that. Um, and when he was the manager, I think it's funny to hear you say that because, you know, he's not a super quotable guy right? because he's so thoughtful. But to talk to in person, like doing a manager's interview with him. So you're doing a manager's interview with Rocco. Rocco is charismatic and he's funny at times. And he has he has a, a great conversational stability. But when the, the microphone goes on, he like puts the wall up and he gives you very vague answers. Um, you ask him. You know, is the sky blue? Is the sky blue? Well, it could be blue. It's possibly blue. Like he'll he'll never throw anyone under the bus. He'll never give away state secrets. He's very guarded, which is funny because in person he's very loose and open and charismatic and fun. With Paul, you ask him, "Is the sky blue?" There's a pause, and then he gives you like a seven minute answer about the science of light rays. You know, like in the universe, and and it's incredibly insightful. And it's very direct to your question. But if you're like a dopey newspaper writer, you're not moving papers with that answer, right? right. Like it's not easily podcastable or whatever. So um, very different, very different approaches. So um, yeah, I thought I thought he did great. Um, and I, I always enjoy having him around. 
Now, quick question for you on that same kind of line. Who do you? Who's a player that you would have thought always would have been great to have been in the booth? That you would have thought, presumed that they would they would make a great either color person or play by play for baseball that you were able to cover. Uh, Michael Kadire, first and foremost, and it's true. Like he's done national stuff and he's awesome at it. Like Cuddy has the personality, has the timing, he has the the effort. He's got it all. The knowledge. Um, he's really really good at it. Um, it's funny because like Tori, you would everyone says Tori, but when Tori did it, Tori hated doing it. Oh. Like he he was like he's like it's too constrained. Like it's too, like I can't you know like it's not a great format for him. Yeah, he felt almost constrained by it. But Cuddy was a guy that I always thought would be great. Current Twins Kyle Farmer would be great. Okay, I mean, that's why we put him on our on our Friday yeah. segment. Um, I think Kyle would be really really good. Mike Redman was always great. Matt Guerrier had the personality and the words, but he just, his delivery, he was too busy snickering all the time. (laughs) He'd always be like smirking and snickering. Um, But the funny thing is like, I think Morney does a great job and he would have been like, if there was a place behind last, that's where he would have been on on the list because he was like, he was different, man. We always teased him and and Perkins too, because Perk's really, really good. And Perk was always super smart and interesting, but just kind of a jerk to you about it. Like, like, Hey, can I ask you about something? No, <laughs> you know, he was always, <laughs> right. like, we always remind him. We're like, remember when you hated the media? And no, I didn't. I was great. No, you weren't. You hidden hot rods office. Um, and, and so you knew Perk had the, the tools. He just like, wouldn't share them. And Morney was, was just like, he just looked at you. If you asked him a question, the first day I worked for the twins, I went into spring training. I knew nobody. And I was in charge of getting all these interviews. It was right after his MVP year at spring training. I'm scared to death. I knew the clubby because we'd worked together before. And I go, dude, what do I do? I got to talk to somebody. And he goes, hey, come on over here with me. And and he goes, hey, Justin, yeah, this is the new radio guy, Chris. He's great. I've known him forever. You know, he's one of the good guys. And Morning just looks at me kind of sideways and goes, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> and then he walked away. <laughs> no interview recorded. And I was like, this guy, wow. Um, and yet he's phenomenal as a TV guy. Um, when I'm off, like I really enjoy it. I really enjoy listening to him. And he'll come in. My favorite part of the workday is when Danny and Corey and I are sitting in the booth or Danny and I are in the booth and Corey's off looking for a vegan burger or something. <laughs> um, Morney will walk in and just be like, all right, ball talk. And then we'll just, those two will just go about baseball. And it's my favorite part of the day. So I wouldn't have seen him coming. I wouldn't have seen Danny coming either. Um, well, and, and Danny and, and Paul never played together, but they played against each other for a number of years, right? Yeah, they had some big fights too. Those yeah. Fought. They, uh, they, they, Jim Gantner fight, and uh, the one where Danny had already been ejected, he came running out with no shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, they've got, some, they've got some great stories between the two of them. And in fact, when Paul became the manager, Danny was very close to being on his coaching staff. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So that could have changed things a little bit. But uh, yeah, good, I just, good base, baseball people, man. Like, yeah. It's a dying breed. I hate to say it, but it's a dying breed. Right. Like in our clubhouse, like of players, like the only person I'd be like, oh, that's a baseball guy is this farmer. Like other guys are good players and they're nice people, but they're not just like baseball guys. Yeah. And I, I say that with the utmost respect for people who are just baseball guys. Gene Glenn was a baseball guy for life, right? And added so much to the game. And I feel like that the game is losing out because 
our coaching staffs are now filled with people who weren't coaches or they come from some different walk of life. And that's good. Finding new ideas is always good. But you're losing those guys who who played, you know, six years in the minors and either a cup of coffee or didn't get a chance in the big leagues. And then they went down to the lowest levels and they coached and they managed and they scouted and they lived and breathed the game at 18,000 different levels for 20 years. And I don't think you have to do that like to pay a penance or anything. I just think you learn things sure, that, sure. that you can't learn any other way. And you have a value that you can then share. And I think we're losing that. And I think that's sad. Yeah. Not a lot of Bob Euchers left in the world. Ah, yeah. And, and honestly, those baseball guys, best storytellers out there because yes. they've seen everything. And, uh, it's kind of sad that, 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 that path is drying up for a lot of those guys. Has there ever been a, an issue with who brings the team the most luck? Like when you're calling or when, because uh, <laughs> Paul's in the booth and they win a couple of games. Well, yeah. I mean, we tease each other. Like when Danny and I were both off and they got swept, don't think that there wasn't a little uh, <laughs> right. going on. Um, and, and the funny thing is there was a fan a couple of years ago and, and he had developed a plus minus for when each of nice. us was on the play-by-play. So like, our runs scored and runs allowed in the innings we did the play-by-play for the whole season. He actually had like a you wins know? over replacement for the announcers. Yeah, he had a whole <laughs> he had a whole Excel spreadsheet that he sent us, and he'd posted on Twitter. And like Corey, he had the most play-by-play, so he had the most opportunities. Right. But he was like, you know, he had the most runs, but he also gave up the most runs. And then I had the fewest play-by-play innings, but I had like the best ratio. And then Danny was kind of in the middle. And so we we would secretly like kind of we 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 reference that now and again. You know, like if I'm doing the middle three and Corey, you know, gets blasted in the middle of the game and then I I'm part of the comeback, I'll look at him and be like, hey, my my plus minus is killing it right now. <laughs> or or if you're on the mic for a bad inning, you know, you're like looking at the other guy, I'll look at you and be like, Oh, that your plus minus took a hit on that one. Glad it was you, not me. I love it. That is fantastic. That's awesome. well, look, on the plus side, are we out of the hitting drought now? Oh, I don't think so. No, um, it was just a, like a I, little, a little, a little shower, a little storm that came through when we got like I, what ten and twelve. Well, let's be honest. Like, right? Like, if Adam Simber pitched every game, that'd be great. Right. Um, but I think that that's more. Maybe we may not be seeing a whole lot more of Adam Simber in the big leagues after you know the yeah. he's trending. I, I do think there's some good signs. I, I think the best, most encouraging sign. I think I've told you guys this is that we need Carlos to be Carlos. And he looks a lot more like Carlos this week mm-hmm. than he had previously. And I, I know he'd been putting in a ton of work, even as he dealt with the heel issue. Um, he had his private hitting coach, all three of our hitting coaches, our, our big Dutch guy, Martin, who's like the biomechanics specialist. They were all out there on the field together. He was working on a ton of stuff. And I think he's trying to try to figure out where his swing got off track and how to get it back where he needs it to be. And I thought we saw some really good signs. Um, not even the Grand Slam. The Grand Slam was like a 375-foot fly ball that yeah. uh, would have been a, you know, an out in a lot of ballparks. And I'm the first guy to say it doesn't matter. It's only the ballpark you're playing in. That right. was a huge hit. It won us a game. And pass off to Carlos for coming up in a huge spot like that. But the two doubles yesterday, boy, I liked that. I mm-hmm. liked the look of, it, of the way that swing looked. And, and he continues to play a, a really great shortstop. So, again, he doesn't have to be Ted Williams, but his bat has to play in the middle of the lineup. He has to be a guy that when there's runners on, other teams are terrified of. And he's historically been that guy. 
This year he hasn't. That was his first home run with a runner on base. Um, but the swing looks better to me. I, again, untrained eye, but trained by 25 years of watching right. it, but not by any means going to say I'm an expert at it. He looks quicker through the zone. He was getting beat on fastballs in the zone early in the year. I don't think that's happening as much now. Um, and so if, if that trend continues, then I, I like the odds of other guys you know, following in his wake. Um, hitting is a contagious deal. It's a weird thing, but it is. And so I think that if I'm taking one thing away from the road trip, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at Carlos trending upwards, and I like that a lot. Very cool. Okay, now before we let you go, we've got a new game we're going to start today. <laughs> what team scores the most runs between today and next Monday? Now, are I'm you talking about? Us off with, I'm going to say the Giants. You're saying through all of baseball. In all of baseball? Yeah, in all of baseball. You pick one team, and that's who you're going to have to stick with until next week, Monday. And then we'll add up the uh, the wins each week to see who does for the rest of the season. Wow! So you said the hmm. Giants like really quickly. Did you like look and see who they were playing or something? Or like, yeah, I was feeling like, like I feel like I got to look at schedules <laughs> and see who's playing who here. Don't overthink it. Don't I'm, overthink I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take the Rangers. I'm I the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, I feel like the the Rays are playing Oakland for a few games here. So I'm going to go. I'm see? going. I'm going Rays on this one. Which, which by the way. No, right. You get take the best team against the worst team. That's probably pretty. I think that my odds are at least better that way, right? <laughs> what are the chances that we're playing <laughs> Oakland? Come on, I know. I know. Wait, who the, wait, who are the Giants? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say the Giants? They have such an average offense. They're playing so St. Louis. I'm going with my gut here. I just in my mind, I'm thinking Giants. You have a giant gut. Is that what you're telling me? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what we're at here. Very good. All that right. was fantastic. That was fantastic. Can I can I say that I think that whoever plays the A should not be eligible? Oh come on! And, and, <laughs> I just took it. I took advantage of it before Chris did. That's all that happened there. We'll see. All right. Thank you, Chris. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Chris. Uh, see you guys. You're listening to Jake and Bauer.